Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as jet-fueled as Timo Werner's heels, fantasy advice as impactful as a Bastos debut and pundits with as much shock value as a goalless draw between Hoffenheim and Leverkusen. Who'd have thought it? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. One and all, my name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 3, Episode 4. And joining me as ever is the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo. Flo, how you doing, pal? Yeah, I'm fine and looking forward to get the Bundesliga back. Well, there were no unlimited transfers during the international break this season, but was the two weeks off a a valuable chance to go back to the drawing board a bit? Not yet, actually, because you mentioned it, no unlimited transfers. So there were... Like I usually do most of my transfers on Thursday anyway. So yeah, having a small apology to every listener, I haven't been able to do a lot of research. So this is today is a gut episode of uh, what I'm feeling about the, the games more than a research based one. But I hope I'm still be able to give some good advice. I think, I think Flo, anyone that's been listening to this show will know that your gut serves you very well when it comes to matters regarding official fantasy Bundesliga. So I don't think we've got anything to worry about, really. Yeah, one thing to add, James, because you mentioned it, no unlimited transfers. So everyone who haven't heard, there will be an unlimited transfer window in the next international break. So between the match days seven and eight, there will be unlimited transfers. So that's already been confirmed. Okay, well, there we go. See, unlimited transfers were coming up. We just had to wait a little bit longer for them this season, but nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And sure, that will ultimately change a few thought patterns uh, coming into match day four, I would imagine, as well. Let's talk about match day three really quickly because shout out of the week from a fortnight ago goes to Borussia Tuzla, who had 44 points from Timo Werner to thank for top scoring on match day three with a score of 1-6-1 in the Talking Fußball fantasy league now we've mentioned one important bit of business with the lack of or the upcoming unlimited transfers there's another little bit of business to take care of before we crack on with some listener questions and some of you may have noticed that your rank changed during the international break and that was because there were a few alterations made to players points because there was a bug in the data collection system that affected just a just a few few players an email was sent around to users who provided an email address but in case you didn't receive it here's a quick Quick lowdown. Timo Horn lost 10 points because he didn't get an assist on match day one, whereas Baumgartner got four points for the assist he got against Paderborn. Lewandowski got an extra point because there was a little bug where it came to penalties being counted as a second goal, so he got an extra point for his brace. On match day two, Benesh and Coman both got awarded points for assists, so there were some of you out there that were asking about Benesh in particular, and the mystery is solved now. And on match day three, Gulashi actually got an assist rescinded against Gladbach as well, given the fact that the long ball forward came off the head of Mr. Matthias Ginter. So talk to me about this situation, Flo. A few things changed, but ultimately everything should be smooth going forward now. Yeah, we certainly hope so. I mean, there's people deciding on the go and very quickly about stuff like assists and so on. And then afterwards, there should be like a correction if it wasn't like the first impulse wasn't correct. And for some reason, this correction didn't arrive in the game. So that should be sorted out now. So let's hope we not have 
these situations going forward because I think it's not optimal either way if you would have let the uh, players have the wrong points Tolly I think that would be wrong and it's also not good later changing the points because I mean there might be people uh, who have benched players who now get more points because they were lacking these points and other guys maybe kept players in it and now they are Uh, they lost points so I think both situations are not optimal but there's I think this is the right way to go and say everyone should have the points that they really deserved. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I mean, Benesh was the big one because I think a lot of people would have had him in their squads and may have made decisions based on the lack of the points that he got for an assist. But ultimately, he still did well that week. He just could have done better. But Nahinein, or as they say uh, in hindsight now, they've all been corrected, which is good moving forward. Uh, right now, let's crack on with the last part of part one, that being our listener questions. We have had to be a little little more selective this week but the easy one comes from our good friend Milan Dobricic who says I'll just post a question mark here you will know the question big smiley face and of course we do know the question and there's big news this week when it comes to goalkeepers flow isn't there so heading into match day four Milan wants a goalkeeper update what, what are we telling him? Yeah Kuhn Castells of Wolfsburg is injured so I mean if you've got the room to make a transfer at your goalkeeper position uh, Pervan is by far the, the best option out there not just he's 1.7 million he's now the cheapest starting goalkeeper and on top of that he's playing on a Friday evening so if you uh, go with two goalkeepers you definitely have two different kickoff times so Pavan is a great option especially since I think Castile's will miss more than just this game probably at least the next game as well Like we talked about, after match day seven, there will be unlimited transfers. So if Pavan can hold on to a starting job until match day seven, you're golden. If you bring it in, another news that hit today is that Florian Müller of Mainz is doubtful for the match against Hertha. He would be another option to look at. Not Müller, but his replacement is Robin Sentner. He's also 1.7 million. But Müller is not a lock not to play. So Castells is definitely out. Yeah, and that's it. Per Van at that price could well be a game changer. Looking at the next four fixtures, if you were to do what I'm considering doing, which is pairing him up with Hoot of Paderborn, in the next four fixtures, so between now and the next international break, there's just one game where they play at the same time. That happens to be a game or a match day on match day six where Paderborn are playing against Bayern. So you probably wouldn't really fancy putting Hoot in goal anyway. And Wolfsburg that weekend are playing Mainz. So away from home, admittedly, both of those games. But that should shake things up, at least in terms of the goalkeeper department. For anyone that has Zach Steffen and is wondering whether Per Van pairs up well with him, well, the good news is that Fortuna Dusseldorf in the next four fixtures are playing in standalone kickoff times on every single occasion. So you're guaranteed to be able to mix and match every weekend with Stefan and Pervan as well. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, a big update in the goalkeeping world. Let's move on to the next question from at Ignatius Brian L1. He's got two questions, Flo. He asks, should I hold Serge Gnabry ahead of the big match against Leipzig? Uh, depends on how your squad look. I like Serge Gnabry. I wouldn't love to have Serge Gnabry, but that is true for like every player of Munich or Leipzig because I'm just not sure how that uh, match will uh, shape up but 
if like I personally had Nabri in my squad, I would probably keep him because I've got other places where I have to like uh, keep your priorities straight. Nabri wouldn't be a priority. If you feel good about every other player you've got, then you can go ahead and take a player who has a better matchup. Yeah, I think if you're looking at premium midfielders, they've all got some tricky fixtures this weekend. And he actually alludes to that in his next question where he's asking, is it good to get out Harvets for one match day? Now, if I'm looking at Gnabry or Harvets, I would probably be more inclined to drop Kai Harvets right now, strangely enough. I think Gnabry has the potential to even against Leipzig score well. Harvets, I'm a little worried about his form. How about you, Flo? Yeah, definitely. Um, I wouldn't think about dropping Harvards for one match day. I'm thinking about dropping him and then he won't be back in my squad until he proves it on the pitch. That's I mean, that's how harsh my uh, regiment is. That's, that's fair enough. I mean, that's even with games against Union at home and Augsburg away to follow after Dortmund because I think that's what Brian's maybe alluding to here is that to drop him for the Dortmund game but then bring him back for those two afterwards. Yeah, but uh, even then you could take other cheaper Leverkusen options like uh, Folland or Bellarab True. I think that could be uh, the better way to go because right now Harvard isn't as involved in as many shots of Leverkusen uh, as he used to be. I mean, they had a lot of shots at goal against Hoffenheim and he had like, what, four points or six points? So it was uh, really disappointing. And as long as he doesn't show it again, like his role is different from last season, I thought he might thrive, but uh, hasn't come to fruition so far. No, it's a tricky one to deal with. And I think a lot of people will be considering getting rid of him. I'm, I'm in the exact same spot as you in terms of the fact that I feel like I've got other transfers that I may need to prioritize this weekend, though. Moving on then, a question from at Amar, who says, is there any website that has accurate news about players' injuries? And we'll go back to our, our tried and tested kicker.de and ligainsider.de are definitely the two best places to go. But he also has another question, Flo, and he asks, what are your thoughts about Grifo since he He's rejoined Freiburg. Is he worth the investment? Now, there's a big thing to point out here is that there's a clause in the deal between Hoffenheim and Freiburg that means that Vincenzo Grifo cannot play this weekend for Freiburg against Hoffenheim. So he'll be back on match day five at the earliest. But I still thought it was worth asking the question. Flo, what are your thoughts? Yeah, in the right matchup, definitely. But that's something I'll think about when Grifo uh, can actually play for Freiburg. Because like you said, he's technically allowed to play, but it will, would cost Freiburg a lot of money if they field him uh, at Hoffenheim. Because uh, Hoffenheim, it's, uh, Grifo is now a Freiburg player. He's on loan. So uh, Freiburg bought the player and uh, Hoffenheim still wanted a cross that's like they have to spend some extra money if they want to field him against them one match day later, which is ridiculous in my opinion, but that still means that Grifo won't play. And that's what's important for us. That is indeed. No, the minute I saw he was moving to Freiburg, I, he immediately became a fantasy option for me because it's where he does his best work under Christian Strike. But yes, we're going to have to hold off for at least one week. Moving on then, at Sobo underscore Coil asks, with the wildcard phase coming up after match day seven, who has the easiest fixtures until then? Now, Flo's going off his gut, so I'll help him out here because I have done the research, given that we had the kickoff times come out recently, a big batch of them, which was nice. But I had a look 
at the fixtures and if I were to pick out four teams that purely have four great fixtures between now and match day seven, Wolfsburg would be top of the list. They've got Fortuna Dusseldorf this Friday night, then Hoffenheim at home, Mainz away, and then Union as a standalone fixture at home on match day seven. These three other teams are a little trickier because they don't necessarily have the best fantasy assets to really dive into, but they do have the best fixtures and that's Gladbach, Schalke and Hertha Berlin who really, I mean, the trickiest fixture out of all of those is that Schalke play Leipzig, but that's smushed in between games against Paderborn, Mainz and Köln. Three standalone kickoff times. And I mentioned already, Fortuna Dusseldorf, if you're looking for flexibility, four standalone kickoff times in the next four fixtures. So that should help there. But a question for you, Flo. Is it too late to jump on the Schmidt bandwagon? Yes. I think for, for this weekend, I think I would look at other options. And I mean, the return of Grifo um, might actually hurt Schmid quite a bit because he's a set piece taker at Freiburg right now. But I believe that Grifo will take over once he's there. And that's definitely uh, a lot of Schmid's value is also that he's a set piece taker. No, absolutely. Yeah. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't jump the bandwagon right now because I think it's a tricky fixture at Hoffenheim. And afterwards, you got Grifo back. And I would expect him to be the number one set piece taker. Yeah, I'd agree with you. It's the one actually bad thing about Grifo's move to Freiburg is that it could actually take away from Schmidt's prowess. Last question then from Sober Call. He said, I brought in Forsberg after Benesch got benched. Should I stick with Forsberg or go back to Benesch? <laughs> That's an interesting question because uh, like, uh, I think the, the price difference between these two guys is like over uh, 10 million. I wouldn't necessarily bring Benesch back because it's questionable that he's in the starting 11, but I would definitely think about moving Forsberg because he's not a lock to start for Leipzig and on top of that they're playing uh, Bayern and most of the time there are not a lot of shots at the Bayern goal and this really hinders the fantasy value uh, of Leipzig this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm actually with Sobercoil here because I brought in Forsberg as like a kind of Friday night punt last time out. And he didn't do too poorly, but he did come off quite early, which was disappointing. But then that was to be expected. But I brought him in with the proviso thinking, oh, maybe we'll still get unlimited transfers. And if so, I've done one transfer where I can eradicate it quite quickly. So I'm going to be taking him out of my squad, even though he may still start. But again, flows right against Bayern with him likely to come off before he even racks up two points for an appearance. I don't think it's the weekend for Emil Forsberg either. So uh, final two questions at Brinny Hoof. He says Harvets and Hausenberg both have had two poor weeks fantasy wise. They have difficult fixtures this week, but then have decent matches coming up in brackets here. He puts sorry flow. So he says, hold on to them or transfer them out. What do you think? Um, both are definitely candidates um, to transfer out for me personally. But like I said before, I've, for instance, bought Möwald last week. That was a genius move because he got himself injured and is now missing for six months. So <laughs> if you've got a player like this who's injured or suspended, I, I almost always transfer that player out before I would transfer someone like Harvard or Halstenberg just because they have a bad matchup. And Dortmund... They, they look leaky defensive-wise, so I think it could be a back and forth between Dortmund and Leverkusen, which might actually be not as bad for Harvard's as you would think. 
So if I had to choose, uh, probably Halstenberg would be my first option to sell out of these two than Harvard's. But both are possibly candidates to sell out. I agree. I, I don't expect great things from either of these guys, but it can happen even in, in tough matchups because these are very good players and very good fantasy players as well. Yeah, that's it. We know with both of them that they can really pop off and have a great fixture, but we're just not seeing this level of consistency that we saw from both of them in the previous campaign. But I'm with you. I think Hausenberg over Harvets, if you need to pick one of the two, because as I alluded to, those games against Union and Augsburg, if Leverkusen turn it on, then there could be a lot of goals involved in those games and Harvards would be a good person to have. Final question then from our good friend at Korosh for you. He says, rank Schmidt. Martin and Okchipka this week, Flo. Who would you be looking at? Martin, Okchipka, Schmidt. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know that, what? That will be... Yeah. I think I'd agree with that. The only thing I'd maybe do is move Okchipka forward because of the flexibility he offers compared to Martin. Again, it depends who's already in your lineup. But if you're looking for some Sunday flexibility, I'd go Okchipka over Schmidt. But yeah, Martin is a very good choice given that they're coming up against Hertha Berlin this weekend. Okay, right, that ends part one. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with the fixture list. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball. Time for a rundown of the upcoming fixtures, starting with the Friday night game. Fortuna Dusseldorf against Wolfsburg. In terms of team news for Fortuna, Morales got injured on international duty. Baker should return following his suspension. As we mentioned already with Wolfsburg, Castells with a fractured shin bone means that Pavel Pervan will be coming in. Meanwhile, Yannick Gerhardt is expected to be the replacement for the injured Zava Schlager. Last time, Friedhelm Funkel suffered three losses with the Dorf was back in November 2018. Meanwhile, there has been no Wolfsburg loss in eight competitive games against Fortuna Dusseldorf. So, are there any Fortuna Dusseldorf players that are piquing your interest or worth a punt on this Friday night flow? <sighs> not, not really. I mean, I've, I've saw Dusseldorf on the first match day and we were talking about that game afterwards and you were impressed. I said I didn't like the way they were looking and uh, so far I'm, I'm still not impressed by um, what they show and what they bring to the table. So I'm, I'm hard-pressed to look at a Dusseldorf player. I would perhaps make a exception for Jean Simmer if he actually starts as a right winger which he has an outside outside shot of doing that because he's a defender in the game will play as a attacking winger uh, that would be an okay option for 7.8 million but apart from that it's uh, hands off for me of Düsseldorf no I mean I would agree with you I, as you said I was impressed but I think that's on the first match day I think that's because I came in with very low expectations I really thought they were going to be looking like quite a raggly outfit coming into the new season but they have they've proven me wrong in the fact they've been a little more consistent than I expected but as we mentioned they do have four standalone fixtures so they're not a bad team to invest in if you do want a bit of flexibility guaranteed over the next four match days. Let's talk about Wolfsburg. Top three players from Wolfsburg flow outside of Weghorst and Roussillon. Definitely Brekalo. I like him quite a bit. 8.4 million. I think he's a good one. And then it's, apart from him, Roussillon and Weghorst, I actually wouldn't look at a player unless Admimedi gets to start. But he's 10.9 and Brekalo is a cheaper one. So I definitely would prefer Brekalo. So an 
I wouldn't have much interest in any other player. I mean, Yannick Gerhardt will, will start for Shava Schlager, but he's now a midfielder in the game, 9.8. He's not really that cheap. So I think I'll stick with these three guys. Sorry, James, can't give you three other players apart from the big two. No, I mean, that's all right. I mean, if I, admittedly, when, when you're... Dro- I could I could add Well, you add Pervan, then you've got four, and I was thinking maybe you could throw in a Maximilian Arnold because yeah. with Gerhardt coming in, Arnold should push forward more. Nah. Um, and I don't think you can go... I, I, I'm going to stand by this argument, but I don't think you can go wrong with Arnold this season. I think he's going to be very consistent. I just don't expect him necessarily to get massive points hauls. Yeah, and um, I... I wouldn't spend more on Arnold than on Brekalo. And Arnold is like 3.5 million more than Brekalo. So that's... Well, that's true. And, and everyone's expecting Brekalo to start, but there is a chance yeah. that he doesn't as well. That's okay. I, yeah. all, I, all I'm throwing, because trust me, Brekalo's top of my shopping list this weekend yeah. as well. Absolutely, especially if he starts. But I just wanted to ask as well, because with Wolfsburg, we talked about Dusseldorf's fixtures, but Wolfsburg next weekend close out the match date against Hoffenheim. So how worried would you be if people were to be thinking about overloading on a couple of Wolfsburg players this Friday night? I wouldn't be worried at all because uh, I think Hoffenheim is pretty bad so far this season. So I actually think it's a good matchup for Wolfsburg. All green lights for me, for the Wolves. No, I, I, yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I just wanted to pick your brain on it as well. Okay, let's move on to the Saturday fixtures then. Starting with a biggie, and this is one of the reasons that it's a tricky weekend, but Dortmund against Leverkusen. For Dortmund, Akanji and Schultz are out, while Witzel and Hazard are set to feature. For Leverkusen, Sven Bender is in doubt because of his shoulder. That could mean that Dragovic comes in as his replacement. Now, in terms of some statistics, only Lewandowski has had a hand in more goals than Paco and Jaden this season. Paco Alcacer and Jaden Sancho, of course, they've had a hand in five each. But it is worth noting that Leverkusen are unbeaten in nine league fixtures dating back to last season. So Flo, is there a player that stands out here for you? Yeah, apart from the usual. I mean, for me, Sancho has separated uh, himself from Marco Roy. So uh, if you doubled up on these two guys and now thinking about which player to sell, uh, for me, that would be Marco Royce and not Sancho. I think he's uh, more consistent. And I actually think you could make an argument for bringing in uh, Hakimi because with Schulz out you you know he'll start and he definitely has uh, the chops uh, for big attacking returns 11.9 million there might be safer options out there but he's definitely one where you uh, differentiate uh, yourself from other squads if you pick up pick him and I, I think he has a potential to have a really good game against Leverkusen not necessarily because of a clean sheet but because of a few shots passes to a shot and maybe a goal and then assist and then your goal yeah, that's it. I mean, Leverkusen do leave a lot of space down in wide positions behind their wing-backs, depending on what system they utilise. But yeah, there, there could be a chance for Hakimi to, on the overlap, wreak a bit of havoc. Mainz against Hertha. For Mainz, St. Juice is back in contention. Meanwhile, as we mentioned, Muller and Schalai are both doubts. For Hertha, Wolf Kalu, Mittelstedt, Dilrosen and Luka Bakio are all competing for two starting berths. So a tough road ahead for all of those. And in terms of picking out a player, it's very difficult. Though Wolf is expected to make his debut. Mainz haven't conceded in their last four games against Hertha, funnily enough, and of course this is Hertha's worst start in the Bundesliga since 1972. Not good omens uh, for the capital city side flow. Who are you backing in this one? 
Yeah, that's also a tough one. But I like mines a little bit more uh, in this game. But it's really it's really close for me. A player who I think has like he's an outside shot of of having a really good game is Jean Paul Buetius. I, I just like his playing style. I think actually the Shalai addition might help him to create more and because Shalai is, uh, you can play him with his back to his goal and he gives you the ball back. And so uh, I think uh, Boetius is an interesting choice, even if he's more pricey than I would like, uh, 10.1 million. But there's no slam dunk uh, in there. Aaron Martin, uh, I said before, I also uh, like him, but he's also with 10.7 million quite expensive yeah that's it with Hertha I mentioned the fact that you know when I picked out the teams that have good fixtures between now and the next international break Hertha's fixtures are Mainz away from home Paderborn at home Köln away from home Fortuna at home and I mean, I looked at those fixtures and went, actually, you know, the, Hertha could be a massive differential, but that, of course, is on the proviso that their form changes. And right now their form isn't good and you don't know whether they can really turn it around under a new head coach either. So it is a tricky time with Hertha, but I don't think, yeah, I think Flo's pick of Boetius is a good one, actually, this weekend. I, I like it a lot. I, um, I'm, okay. I'm not a, like I'm not in love with this game. So Oh, I'm not either. Just- yeah. There's a lot of games I'm not in love with this weekend, though. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, you're forcing me to, to choose a player, and that's done. Poetius, but I know. Yeah. Because uh, I'll save another player for later on. But yeah. Okay. I like it. No. Yes. I do. I do force you into picking one player per game in this situation. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's move on to another one. So right. This one should be a little easier, I think. Augsburg against Frankfurt. Lichtsteiner is suspended for Augsburg, which should mean that Jedvai moves to right back. Meanwhile, Finn Bogerson is back in the squad for Frankfurt. So and Dost are being backed to potentially start this weekend. Now, for Augsburg, Vargas is a player that flows to talked about on a couple of occasions on this show he's the top scoring summer signing with three goals to his name and interestingly enough a few stats from Frankfurt's perspective against Augsburg Dost has never scored a goal in six games and Trapp has never kept a clean sheet in nine games but who are you going for in this one Flo? Um, this one is easy for me it's Daichi Kamada 6.5 million still a great value and Gacinovic is a bit dinged up so uh, his starting place is not in doubt and he's a great option Yep, I would agree with that. The only other one I'd throw out there is maybe Martin Hinteregger, very motivated against his former side. I'm sure he will be. Okay, Union... If he's sober. (laughs) Yeah, if he's... uh, Yeah, okay, no comment. Union against Werder Bremen. In terms of team news for Union, Prummel, Hubner and Ingvartsen are all set to miss out. For Werder, Bittencourt is unlikely to be thrust straight into the first 11. Is that a fair statement, Flo? No, uh, I expect him to start. You expect so, him to start over who? Yeah, but we, like there's uh, one news that hit like an hour ago. I think you probably missed that, that Moisander is injured. So, so <laughs> we're, we're basically playing without a defender. And I personally expect Eggestein to play as a left back in that match. And Friedel as a center back pairing up with Gabriel Selassie Lang on the right back side that's like a back four who would have thought that you could would play in a Bundesliga with this back four but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the stuff of yeah. nightmares I'm not gonna that is literally the stuff of nightmares and, okay no I admittedly I had missed the most yeah, and, and Bittencourt uh, would play with Klaassen as a number eight this is my guess and even if 
Eggestein, like if Eggestein is not playing left back, then Christian Gross of the second team has to play for Bremen because they don't have, apart from Friedel, Friedel is the only player, uh, a center back of the Bundesliga squad that's, who's not injured. And they have five. So that's ridiculous. And uh, so I personally expect Friedel Uh, to get the job to have at least one center back who is capable of playing in the Bundesliga that position uh, we saw with Maximilian Eggestein he can play as a fullback and then would be uh, room for Bittencourt but even if that doesn't happen and Eggestein uh, stays in midfield I still expect Bittencourt to start up front with Fulcru Kossagent is coming back from uh, his international trip he's jet lagged so I expect Sargent to be benched for that game and a bit cut to slide in straight away. Yeah, okay. I thought I thought Jojo was maybe going to start up front in terms of Jan as Eggestein, uh, for anyone not knowing Jojo's nickname. Yeah, he he would start in like the first scenario I said, if uh, Friedel plays a centre-back and Eggestein left-back, yeah. which means Bittencourt plays in midfield, and then uh, Johannes Eggestein would start up front with Niklas Völkrug, but it's like this situation, I've never <laughs> no. experienced anything like it before. It's unbelievable. No, it, it is. It does seem to be a bit mad, I have to say. If you were to pick a player from this game, then who would it be? So I'll save one player uh, for um, my last picks or, or for our player picks of the week. And I'm going with Leonardo Bittencourt, actually. I think from all Bremen midfielders, he might be the most in- intriguing one. Of course, you could go with Nuri Shahin. And he's so far not disappointing uh, in the least. But at some point, I think uh, that will dry up because everything he does, most of the stuff, the fantasy points he gets, he gets from set pieces. And that's like a bit fluky to rely on. Bittencourt is 9.8 million. I think he has a shot to be a, a really good fantasy player for Bremen. It's a risky pick, but... That will be mine. And I'm like, I'm just not buying in Nourishine. It's just maybe a person, maybe that's a mistake, but uh, I, I would rather have Bittencourt than Shine. What are you on about, Flo? He's as good as Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah? I know. Six, 16 key passes completed this season, which is the same as the Belgian. No, I mean, look, we can we can look at stats all day long. It is funny. He's one of five players this season that scored double digits every match day in the fantasy. But you do, uh, there's a massive question with Shahin as to when it's going to stop and whether he's going to be able to pick it back up or do it consistently. He was a good transfer for me last weekend, but yeah, the longevity of it, I don't know about. Let's move on. Final game of the 3.30 kickoffs then. Um, uh, it's Köln against Gladbach, the 89th Rhein Derby. For Köln, Cordoba is set to return in place of Schaub. For Gladbach, there's a doubt about Matthias Ginter after he injured his ribs in the international break. Janschke could replace him. Meanwhile, Christoph Kramer could get his first start. Now, Köln have picked up three points this season, which is the same total they had after 16, 16 games. I know, I'm not saying that wrong. 16 games in the 2017-18 campaign. And a fun stat for Briel Imbolo, he's got two in two However, he's never scored in three straight Bundesliga matches. So just watch out for that this weekend. Who would you pick from this game, Flo? Oh, that's that's really uh, a tough one. But I'd probably go with Juan Cordoba just because I've, I've got a weak spot for him <laughs> for a long, long as time. As do many Cone fans. 9.8 yeah. million. And like, he, is, he has big fantasy potential. 
Apart from that, I also like uh, Izibue, uh, the right back of Cologne. He's 7 million, so he's a, a good budget option. And uh, for some reason, I just got the feeling that Köln will uh, edge this one out. Ooh, an intro, yeah, this is another tricky fixture to call uh, this weekend. And again, I mentioned Gladbach as a team that have good fixtures. Their next four being Köln away, Dusseldorf at home, uh, Hoffenheim away, and then Augsburg at home. So if you could find, I mean, we mentioned Alassane Player two weeks ago, I know, and he's probably still one that's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, but Gladbach are very much a team in fantasy flux right now in terms of figuring out where their best assets lie. Let's move on to the top spiel, the Saturday evening evening game Leipzig against Bayern we're talking about tricky fixtures this is the one that takes the biscuit over them all for Leipzig Lima, Campbell and Demmer are all competing for a midfield berth while as I mentioned there are rumours that Forsberg will retain his starting spot for Bayern Muller, Muller's chances of starting over Coutinho are looking good after the Brazilian made quite a late return from international duty it's also worth pointing out right now that Gnabry and Kingsley Coman were in fantastic goal scoring form during the international break so those are definitely two worth keeping an eye on and that means that Perisic could maybe drop out of the starting lineup flow with a tricky fixture like this how do we best navigate it don't buy any player um, <laughs> only sell yeah okay yeah <laughs> I wouldn't bring in a player for this match I wouldn't panic either so look where the priorities lie in your squad and then decide with that in mind I actually like if I would love my team I would probably sell Lewandowski for that match day so but uh, I can't do that because uh, I've got enough other players I need to transfer out but I'm not expecting a high-scoring game in this one. I mean, last time they met, it was a crucial game and it was a goalless draw. And I think something like that might be in the cards again because both teams will probably not lose this one like a first priority. So I don't expect a fantasy galore uh, out of this. No, I would completely agree with that. I don't think we're going to have quite the 5-4 spectacle that we once had between these two sides. One thing that I do want to talk about, because I agree with you, this is not the week to buy any of the players from either of these two teams, but I do just want to talk about something moving forward because we saw on match day three, Bayern starting with Joshua Kimmich moving into midfield and Benjamin Pavard playing at right back. I know your thoughts on Kimmich were already moving towards he's not necessary this season at that price. Does this make it even harder? for you to justify having him in your squad? Yeah, he's basically a glorified Nuri Shine right now. <laughs> yeah, most of his points come from set pieces. That's what I meant with that. No, I, I, I love it. I love it. I just didn't ever think I'd hear a sentence where Joshua Kimmich was called a glorified Nuri Shahin. That's all. That's really all it was. Yeah, and uh, definitely Shine's left foot is better. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Take that for what it's worth. No, I'm not interested in, in uh, Joshua Kimmich. Uh, he can always pop up for big games, but a lot of his values is also because he just takes free kicks and corners and therefore gives passes to a shot. But that could dry up, especially against a team like Leipzig. Out of the game, if he's playing defensive midfielder, he hasn't produced as much as he has uh, when he plays a right back. For some reason, I think Kimmich tries to convince his coaches that he needs to play in midfield yeah uh, especially for germany why would you why would you like the position defensive midfielder i think germany has the highest stats uh, of high class players so why would you take uh, one of the best right backs in the world and put him there 
and then put uh, close them on and right back. I really don't understand that. Uh, otherwise, you could feel like Gunduan and Kroos, and so Gunduan isn't even playing uh, for Germany right now. I think is uh, I don't understand it, and and now the same with uh, Pavar. Uh, I don't think he's up to the standards that uh, Bayern Munich is expecting from a right back. I mean, it's not like he he got a world champion playing right back. I know that, but uh, still, I don't think he's like one of the top five right backs in the Bundesliga if he plays there. And Bayern certainly want a top five player uh, on every position. Uh, and I'm just not seeing it. And why is Javi Martinez not playing? Or you could bring in Tuliso instead of uh, feeling Kimmich in midfield. So so I th I personally think that it's Kimmich who wants to play there. No, I, I agree with you. I think he's obviously been coaxed into playing at right back earlier on in his career where he wanted to play at holding midfield and he's now forcing the issue but that does mean that yeah he's not as attractive as a, a fantasy asset because he just doesn't get into the same advanced positions because you're right he's still got set pieces and all that type of thing but his best points tallies came from when he was you know getting beyond the, the right winger you know Arjen Robin, Serge Gnabry whoever it was getting to the byline getting involved in those types of positions and that's why I think David Alaba now actually becomes the more attractive option from Bayern's back line because you know he's going to be doing that he's going to get on the overlap down the side of the winger get to the byline be involved and we've seen of course that he can score free kicks as well so that's one just a bear that's a good point bear in actually. mind because he's got he's three million I think he's three million less Alaba if I'm not mistaken yeah 3.2 million there you go Alaba is 13.4 and Kimmich is 16.6 .6. yeah and it's another one it's one of those that if I had more transfers available and I didn't have bigger priorities I think I'd be getting rid of Kimmich this weekend but it is worth noting that Bayern's fixtures after the Leipzig game are ridiculous for six straight you know they've got Köln, Paderborn Hoffenheim, Augsburg Union and Frankfurt so two slightly tricky fixtures out of six depending on the form books but they have a very good run of fixtures coming up so it's worth bearing in mind let's move on to the Sunday fixtures though uh, Hoffenheim against Freiburg Geiger has the flu for Hoffenheim and Samaseko is out with a muscle tear. Questions as to whether they'll play with a 3-4-3 or a 4-3-3. For Freiburg, Grifo is back, but as we said, he's not going to play against Hoffenheim. Now, two of Hoffenheim's three goals this season have been scored by defenders, Flo. Are there any Hoffenheim players that, with the added flexibility, you would consider bringing in this weekend? Like uh, Hoffenheim is the only squad I basically looked up and down as, as for several times because I, I so desperately want a player from Hoffenheim for that match. And Kadarabek is really the only one I can uh, can find because there's a lot of uncertainty up front. You could go with Bibu probably, but he hasn't shown that he's a really great fantasy uh, player um, at Hoffenheim. Balfour I would think about Balfour if I knew that he'll start and especially if I knew that he gets like time and it's not like substituted after 60 minutes but right now I'm not seeing that with him either. Lokadia and, and Skov, the new boys no, I'm like it's Kadarabek, he's a safe option, he's a good option to get that f flexibility this weekend But apart from him, it's just um, I'm, I don't know uh, where to go. And I wouldn't think about Freiburg apart from Schmid, just because although 
I don't think Hoffenheim played very well this season so far. They still have to be the favourites for this one. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Even though Freiburg has started the season well, I would agree with that. It's, it's an interesting one. I mean, Hoffenheim's fantasy value under under Schroeder is definitely taking a a hit. And the problem is, yeah, Karajabek's a great choice, but with a lot of people, they probably already have at least one Freiburg player in their back line already. So you're not actually getting a lot of flexibility if you bring in someone like Karajabek. The problem is, you're, as you say, midfielders and attackers, there's not many great options there either. And that's kind of the problem with the second Sunday fixture as well. Unless there's anything you want to add to, to Hoffenheim Freiburg there, because I think we've kind of covered most of what we need to um, no, I just think it would be okay. I mean, you need three players that play after the Saturday afternoon games. That's the most important thing. And then I would be okay to have Katarabek and Schmid if I have an extra player from the last game. So uh, if I had a Schalke player on top of that, I would be fine with um, both of these guys in my squad. Yeah, no, okay, that's that's a fair point. Let's talk about Paderborn Schalke then. For Paderborn, there's no changes expected to their starting lineup. For Schalke, uh, Kabak and Ut are back from their respective injuries. They made their returns during the international break in a 4-2 loss to Victoria Köln of all people, and so could get starts. Now, I asked you after match day one and you just talked about the fact that if you had a Schalke defender behind Kadajarbek and Schmidt, then it would be okay. And I asked you about John Joe Kenny after match day one. What are you thinking about him after match day three? Because he's really kicked on and he's had the most crosses amongst all defenders in the Bundesliga this season with 14. Yeah, he's definitely a viable option. The cheaper version of Bastian Ochipka, who's 10.1 and Kenny's 8.4. So I, I think uh, uh, Kenny is a, is a good option now that Kalijuru plays in midfield. But still, the price difference between Kenny and Ochipka is not as big. And I think Ochipka might be the better fantasy option. Right now, Kenny has 26 points and Ochipka has 21 points. But Kenny did score last match day. So keep that in mind. You can't expect that yeah. uh, of him every match day. So if you discount the goal, uh, Ochipka actually has more fantasy points. And he did pick up 11 points last time out. Kenny did pick up 15 points. That was scoring a goal. So uh, I actually still would take Ochipka over Kenny if I had the money. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a fair point to make. And uh, okay, Kalajuri and Okchipka share set-piece duties, but Okchipka is going to chip in with them every once in a while. Then, okay, if we're not talking just about John Joe Kenny, who from this game would you turn to then, Flo, if you were looking for flexibility in the final fixture? The only other player I would look at is actually Dan Daniel uh, Kalajuri. 11.9 million uh, hasn't shown anything so far, but we've seen that he can be a really good fantasy option and for some reason he was last season when he played as a right back now he's playing as a winger and uh, can't doesn't have big performances so far but Schalke also uh, didn't have the easiest fixtures to start out the season uh, I mean it was disappointing that he only got four points in the win against Hertha but I still think he could be worse the money with 11.9 if you want the player uh, of this last game of the match day for me it would be either Kalijuri or Ochipka or Kenny so it will be three actually 
And no, no Paderborn players. Nah. I mean, that's fair enough. Even though you know, we've got Mamba, who's had a good start to the season, two goals and an assist, had a hand in a goal every 67 minutes. But no, I think yeah. even if they do manage to keep up. Well, no, he was involved in five shots this season so far. There you go. Australian Mamba. So Ruthless efficiency. Apart from his two goals and one assist, he hadn't had a single pass to a shot apart from uh, the assist he gave and he had two extra shots on goal that didn't went in so that's not cutting it in uh, in fantasy no I would agree I I think our pre-season expectations of Paderborn not really offering us much in terms of fantasy value are have kind of been justified over the first couple of weeks let's move on to our player picks close out the show then Vegas choice flow Europe first yeah, we talked about Mainz getting Hatter and Marius Wolf is 7.7 million. That's a really good price tag for a player of his caliber. He's risky because you not necessarily can be sure that he's in a starting uh, 11. But the way the season went for Hatter, I would actually be surprised if he wouldn't start right away. And then he's a midfielder in the game. He's not a striker anymore, so keep that in mind. That's what makes him more intriguing. And you said the good run of fixtures that Hatter is looking at. So Wolf would be my Vegas choice for 7.7. Yeah, I like, I like that as a pick for this weekend. I like it as a pick for the next four match days as well as a Vegas choice. I've kind of tried to go along the same lines. And I'm going to throw out a name that we actually didn't mention much in the talk about Schalke and Paderborn. But there's a reason he's a Vegas choice, uh, and it's Ozan Kabak. I mean, the guy proved that he can score goals as a centre-back last season with Stuttgart. He's someone that, when he moved to Schalke, I thought that's a very interesting move and it could work out in terms of a fantasy one as well. He's 9.7 million, so he's just in between Kenny and Okchipka. But if he can help or settle into a backline that's already kept two clean sheets out of three this season and help bolster it even more and add an attacking threat, then he could be a rare centre-back that actually flourishes in this game, which we don't see too often. But that's the reason he's a Vegas choice as well. How about your super Schnäppchen flow? Uh, it's Christopher Lenz of Union Berlin, 1.9 million. We talked about him a lot. I just think with the news of Moisander and Bremen, basically, I mean, that's like if Kofeld would have waken up in preseason with a lot of sweat, he would have dreamt about having to feel that back four he's now having to field in the Bundesliga it's just so I'm pretty sure that Union Berlin will get their chances Lance is is industrious on the left wing uh, as a left back and with his price tag I wouldn't think twice about getting him out Uh, this week I think you could uh, actually bring him in for this week to make room to get more budget uh, on other places because I think he could have a really good game. He will uh, line up with Michael Lang and uh, he, like he's not the quickest player in the world, not even I think in the top three there and uh, so I think Lance uh, could have a, a good game over the left wing. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm thinking very much along the same lines as you, especially uh, with news of Moisander not featuring this weekend, which I'm glad you shared with me. And so therefore, I'm going to go with Robert Andrich for the same reason. 4.4 million uh, midfielder saves you a pretty penny. And we have been saying we've been waiting for this breakout performance. He's had lots of shots on goal. He hasn't scored yet, but could be, be the weekend. I mean, Bremen's back line is that discombobulated. It may well be the case. So Robert Andrich at 4.4 would be my super schnepchen. How about your banker, Flo? Yeah, I'm staying with... Um the same match and it's Niklas Fulkrug 11.7 million last week he didn't actually have or last match day I should say uh, he didn't actually have a good 
game on the pitch and still managed to get a lot of fantasy points out of it. Uh, Bremen is uh, uh, the team who had the most shots on goal of every Bundesliga side so far. And uh, I think they will be leaky at the back at Union, but I still think they will get a lot of shots off as well. And uh, Fulkrug is a main target uh, of every set piece that Bremen takes. So I think he's very, very safe that he'll get to at least four shots on goal. I feel that's like I feel like that's a mini victory for me, Flo. Last uh, on match day three, our bankers were you picked Osako and I picked Full Crew. Yeah, who did better then? Well, yeah, no, Osako got nineteen points and he definitely did better. Yeah. But I've, I, I feel like I've swung you around to the Full Crew no, uh, way of thinking. I, I wasn't going Osako this week because uh, of the international break, and he just came back from Japan on Wednesday. Uh, with jet lag is always a bit tricky. Uh, Kofod said that he's tired. He will definitely play, but depending on how the match uh, will go, you probably will see uh, Ozako being substituted just because they don't, they can't have any more injuries. So uh, if if they're behind too much or up front a lot, then Ozako is going to get off. And even if it's not the case, and he just like it's not clicking like in the games before I think he'll come off no I think ultimately it's kind of all said tongue in cheek because uh, I think Osako and Full Crew are both going to be very good fantasy options throughout this season I mean especially the fact that they've managed to prove that they can pick up points even if Bremen aren't performing at their best as we've alluded to now for my banker I'm going to stress very quickly before I say his name that this is very much a one and done this week it's not one that has longevity to it but I was looking for a midfielder myself and the player that I came to in a in a decent price bracket with a good fixture this weekend is Philip Kostic of Frankfurt 13.8 million uh, he's one of the highest scoring midfielders in the game this season and I can imagine Frankfurt doing quite well against Augsburg and you add to that that he may have Bastost and Andre Silva or one of the two to aim for then hopefully his service can be on point to the to the point that he picks up a lot of points actually there's a lot of points in that but yeah Philip Kostic 13.8 yeah, million you have a good point banker. there James thank you thank you yeah. I, I just I noticed it coming and I just decided not to battle it uh, and fight it but yeah Philip Kostic I think could actually have a very good weekend against Augsburg I like it right that will bring us to an end of this week's Talking Fußball Fantasy episode then uh, don't forget to follow us at Talking Fußball on Twitter give us a like on Facebook and if you haven't yet of course join the Talking Fußball Fantasy League for now from me your host James Thurgood Flo and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.